Good evening. I want to talk to you today about money with mission. Now, I'm not going to tackle this topic alone right here. Today, I brought one of my really good friends with me, Miss Felicia Fro. And Felicia is a MD. She is a urologist and she is also the owner of Money with Mission, which is an investment company focused on empowering professional women to build wealth and achieve financial freedom through social impact investing. As a real estate syndicator, Felicia has partnered with like-minded investors and has raised money for several social impact projects, including a residential assisted living home in Kansas City, Missouri, focusing on providing elderly residents experiencing memory problems with personalized care. With her partners at the Eco Alliance Group, she is providing healthy food to food desert areas with indoor vertical farms and grocery stores. Now, Let's get into the show. All right, Felicia, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Tony. Thank you for asking me to be here. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Now, like I said, definitely appreciate you being here, taking the time out of your day. Now, before we get started here, I wanted to say a huge thank you so much for um, all the work that you're doing with the elderly community, because I noticed that uh, my grandmother, she passed away, unfortunately, a few months ago, and she had dementia. And I was reading up on Uh it, and I was like, wow, I would have loved to have put my grandmother in a facility like Felicia has. So I want to just say thank you so, so, so much, because that really means the world to me that, you know, that you're doing that. So would you kind of get off into how you got started doing that in life and kind of how you got going? Yeah, sure. Um, So that's a part of what I do. I have started out my adult life and career as a physician. I still am a physician. I'm a urologist, went to medical school residency. And about five years into doing that, realized it wasn't going to be the last thing I ever did. Um, Short story is over some time, I met people who were doing real estate investing. It's all started after I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Started meeting more and more people doing real estate investing. Started with single family houses and um, right before 2008, 2009, and right before 2008. It was when 2008, when our whole economy went crazy. The last was probably more times than that. But anyway, so um, we kind of lost everything in that situation. We had built up to 18 properties over a couple of years, lost them all in the um, the housing crisis back in 2008, 2009. It lasted for us until about 2011. And then I realized that it wasn't real estate that was a problem, but more me and my education, what I knew, I knew how to be, I can be a great urologist. I'm good at that, but it's a different mindset. It's a different skill set to being a real estate investor and understanding all of those things. So got in the room with some really, really smart people, lots of rooms with really, really smart people and did some different kinds of deals, real estate syndications with apartment complexes and resorts and realized those were fine and you could make money with that, but it wasn't what was um, fueling me. It was just another thing to do. In one of those rooms, met a guy who was doing residential assisted living, went to his course, learned how that, what that was. And that really sparked that impact investing part of me, doing well and doing good. Opened, took about maybe four or five years. We opened our first one in Shawnee, Kansas and learned a lot. It's, it was it was rewarding. It was challenging. It was all the things starting a new business is. 
and um, since then have moved on to doing grocery stores and food deserts and making sure working to make sure people have healthy food. So that a little bit more fits into the medical part for me. Um, we'll still participate in assisted living, probably more on the real estate side than the business side. But that trend is not going away. Needing more and more elderly, needing someplace to be, someplace to live that is a community for them. And it helps not only that elderly person, but their family have security and feel um, like their parent, their grandfather, their grandmother, whoever it is, is in a safe place and not in one of those really long hospital type places, even though that's not what it's called. So my next question is, what is social impact real estate investing for physicians? Would you discuss that one for me? Yeah. So social impact real estate investing is what we were talking about, investing in a piece of real estate that is going to have a positive impact on not just the investors bottom line, because we can, we can find plenty of things that that are going to make us money and may not change anybody else's lives, but our own and our family. Where I look is to have an investment that not only is going to improve my investors bottom line, but also the lives of the people that we are affecting. For example, the grocery store in the food desert. We opened the first grocery store, excuse me, full service grocery store in North Tulsa in 14 years. So there had not been one There had been a resilient study done by the the city of Tulsa and found out that the people of North Tulsa lived 11 years less than the people of the rest of Tulsa. Definitely multifactorial, lots of reasons for that to be, but not having a full service grocery store surely has to play a part in that. You could get any fast food you want in a two block stretch of land, any fast, 15 fast food restaurants, but no full service grocery store. So somebody is quite proud to have been the first to be uh, the first grocery store here in that amount of time. We won't know the specifics and how much that's impacted the community as far as health and length of life and resiliency for quite some time. The grocery store has been open for about a couple of years now. I just, in my gut, know that it's going to make a very, very big difference working with some other um other entities here in town to help improve food access to people, not just in North Tulsa, but all over Tulsa. And that's just opening my mind to how many food deserts and how many people in our country, we're not even going to talk about the world, in our country that don't have access to good, healthy food and the impact that has on their overall health and the way they have to live their lives. So we can do social impact investing with something like a grocery store, you can do social impact investing with housing, whether you're providing workforce housing for people and workforce housing is everything from mobile homes to high quality, low cost housing for individuals. And it's just a different way to think about doing things. Don't get me wrong. I am all for people making money as an investor. That is the thing we need. And we need, that's a basic need is to have the income to be able to live the lives we want. And you can do that. You can make your money, make your money, make your money, make your money, and do what you want with your money after that. Or you can invest in things that are going to make you money and have that positive social impact. That's what I've chosen to do. Now, it sounds like, Felicia, it sounds like you have multiple streams of income. Now, why do you think multiple streams of income are necessary like in today's time? Like they've always been necessary, but definitely in today's time. Yeah. And people ask me, why does a physician need multiple streams of income? And it's the same reason anybody needs multiple streams of income. It's because 
as a physician, as a lawyer, as a whatever your job is, whatever your thing to do is in life, if you can't do it, you don't have income. So if you're trading your time for dollars, time for dollars, which is we, most of us do, then when you can't use your time for those dollars, you don't have it. So that's why for me and what I teach is that having income coming from different places, not just what you, not just from your own efforts every day gives you options if your mom gets sick and you need to go take care of her and can't go to work every day, you can go do that because you have that other income coming in. If your child needs to is sick and needs to go to a different state to get the care they need, imagine not being able to do that because you don't have the income and you have to send them off by themselves or send them with someone else. And this is a real story. I had a, one of my clients had a child that needed to be had have their care in a different state from where she worked. She had the income coming from other places in her job that lets her be able to do that. So it's just one of those, we don't think about that. When we go to, when we grow up, we get from our families, grow up, you know, get a job, go to school, save your money, and then retire. And we don't talk about that in-between time from starting your job to retiring and how many different times you'll need money other than from your job to keep you going, to let you do the things that you want to do in life. And it's just so important to me. Um, I've had that had the uh, had it happen to me where I had to move to Tulsa in addition to the grocery store. I moved to Tulsa for the grocery store, but moved my mom with me from Kansas City because she wasn't doing well. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't have the income and have the have done those things to let that be able to happen, we would have had to make a different choice. And it would have been a Yes, there are other options. Hundred percent. I could have put her in a home. I could have, but it just wasn't what I wanted to do. And we, I had the ability to take care of her. So that's that's multiple streams of income to me is gives you options in your life. It lets you do the things that you want to do and what you feel are important, and not just have to run the wheel of your time for dollars job. And I'm I'm very happy that you mentioned that about somebody getting sick because see my granddad he got sick maybe about six or seven months ago he came down with the corona and what wound up happening was um, he was hospitalized for maybe like about like a month month and a half then my granddaddy he's eighty he's eighty eight years old and so what happened he couldn't work at our family barbershop anymore he couldn't do any work because he was hospitalized and so thank goodness that he had like multiple streams of income meaning like he has real estate properties he has rental property he has different streams of income coming in and things like that so he was able to kind of you know stay afloat but had he hadn't have had those multiple streams of income you know he would have you know kind of went down definitely yep then you start, then you're counting on the government and we all, we all want to have that safety net, but it's just that a safety net. When you're about to hit bottom, it's going to catch you. We don't want to have to get to that bottom. Um, I love that about your grandfather. That's really, really exciting. I hope he's doing well. Yes. He's doing a whole lot better now. Yeah. He's up laughing and joking. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, ma'am. Good, good. And your grandfather sounds like he loves barbershop. He loves doing that. There's no reason to stop doing that. Just know that you have that insurance, not from an insurance company, but of your own doing that if something happens, you you have the ability to continue floating, even if you do need to get really, really close to that safety net. So really quick question now, how did you create a side hustle in and also like medical in the medical field also? How did you put those two together? That, you know, 
it's one of those things that I've looked back on my life and tried to understand how I did it too, because, you know, I don't know have you have, but and listeners have had times when you've gone through really hard things in your life and you get to the other side of it. And somebody says, well, how did that happen? And you look back, it's like, I, I have no idea how it happened. I just kept going. And here I am on the other side of that. So somebody else has asked me this question before. So I had thought about it and it was a lot of really early mornings and a lot of really late nights. I would get up at five, four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, do real estate work, building my business money with mission, go to urology work at eight o'clock in the morning, work that till six, seven, whatever time I'm done. And if I have energy, when I get home, do some more of my real estate business work. And I, it's been, I've been working this for quite some time. So we started our investing back in 2006. And I started on this path with social impact and, and money with mission in about, it's it's had some iterations. So I'm going to say I really started it in 2011, 12, and then really started picking up a lot more speed in 2018. So it's been quite the journey for me in getting to where I am, which is one thing I I was talking to one of my friends today and it's like, it just didn't seem like it should take this long. And I was like, I a hundred percent agree, but this is just how long it takes. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it just takes long. You got to keep going. It's a trust the process. I love that. Kind of <laughs> piggybacking off of that, Felicia. Now let's just say I'm brand new to investing. So what would your top two tips be for someone who's really new to investing to kind of accelerate that you know threshold? Yeah. If they have no experience in investing, it is... Number one, you got to learn the lingo. You've got to learn. Um, you've got to learn about it. So that there's a, a whole diff different language, and you probably learned this already. So, if you're a real estate broker, or a real estate agent, or if you're a physician, or if you're a lawyer, you have your language in your profession. And then, so if you're going to become a real estate investor, there's even a different language and different ways people use words and acronyms that you're used to in your other life that are different. So you got to get around the people that are doing it and get around people who are who know way more than you do. Don't don't be the smartest person in the room. And I'm going to say that for anything. Don't ever be the smartest person in the room. If you are, you need a new room because you won't you won't get better. So education and then a mentor. Find somebody who's doing what you want to do and attach yourself to them you know, in the, in the, use the, but you make sure they match your values, make sure they match your um, desire and ask how you can help them. Ask how you can help them achieve their goals. And I promise you, they will help you achieve your goals. So that's education and mentorship that I would, there's, there's nothing else. Now, I know a lot of people are kind of timid about, you know, following their dreams, but would you mind discussing leaving a full-time profession as a physician and following your dream to focus on real estate? Like, how did you kind of push through like the different obstacles and like the different, you know, mindset challenges? How did you kind of overcome that? So that's a very interesting question. So the first part of it to focus on real estate, I want to say, yes, I did start out as the focus was on on real estate, but more of my focus is on helping other professional women have options in their life. So real estate is the v is one vehicle for that. So it really is about teaching people that they should have multiple streams of income, however they get that, however they do that, and financial literacy. And like I said, about five years into medicine, I'm talking, we're talking, I just spent, you know, half my life at that point 
of medical school residency. And that, I mean, it was a big commitment and a lot of money, but five years into practice, it was like, this isn't the last thing you're ever going to do, which was super scary. And it's taken me, I mean, I've been in urology for almost 30 years now. So it's taken me all this time to finally take the step out. So it wasn't a, you know, I got the hit, I did it. No, I'm like most people, you just take your time, step, step, step. I felt like, and I've been in enough personal development work where you're working on yourself and and getting past some of your fears to know that I didn't want to die with what I felt was in me without putting it out into the world in some way, shape or form. So it became almost too hard not to do it than to do it. Does that make sense? Um, And I, I think we too often push down our our dreams. And you asked the question about how do I get past? There's a lot of people who didn't think I should do it, including my family. Don't, you know, you should, you're a doctor. That's what you are. That's what you should do. Other doctors, what are you going to do? You're a doctor. That's all we know how to do. But if you look back over your life and how you've accomplished the things you've accomplished, you know, you can accomplish anything you want to accomplish. You really can. I look at medicine. It's like anybody could be a doctor. Some people might have to work harder at it. Some people might have to work longer at it, but anybody can do this if that's what you really want. And I truly believe that if you really want to do something that's in you to do it, it is your thing to give to the world and you're being selfish not to do it. So if you think about it that way, because none of us really want to be selfish, you have no choice. You have to step out and do it. You know, because my whole life, Felicia, I was raised up in a barbershop my whole life. Like when I was born 38 years ago, Mm -hmm. I was born with a pair of clippers in my crib. So because that was my destiny, because I'm the 10th generation barber in my family. So I was like Simba from Lion King. I was, you know, I I was the one. And so when I got about 26 or 27, that's kind of when I met my wife. And I was like miserable. I was like, man, you know, I mean, cutting hair is good. I'm making really good money. But I want to do something different. I feel like I can do more. I just don't want to become a bar. I just want to be a barber. I want to do more of my life. Right. And then my wife is like, why don't you follow your goal and dreams? Like, what are your goals and dreams? I was like, well, ever since I've been 11 years old, I wanted to become a screenwriter. She was like, well, duh. Why don't you do that? I was like, you know what? Hmm. You're going to be my wife one day. And but I want to do that. (laughs) Definitely am an ambassador for following your goals and dreams. Like, don't ever let anybody throw you off kilter or don't ever let anybody make you not want to follow your goals and dreams. I agree. And I I heard your um, episode. I think it might have been one of your last ones, most recent ones where you talked about dream stealers and they are there dream Mm -hmm. people who will take your dream. And even if they're not there, if you think about even your parents and you said your, your family and they're take on it is fear and they're trying to keep you safe. And it is a risk to step out and do something you've never done before. It's a hundred percent a risk, but what if you don't do it? What, what if so many people didn't take risks in the things that we have today? It's almost, I don't know if you, if God put in you to do something and you don't do it again, you're being selfish. So you knew, you knew you were supposed to do something else. You needed somebody to say, what are you waiting for? Get out there and do it. And even if that's not the last thing you're going to do, even if screenwriting doesn't turn, it's like, yeah, yeah, I did that. And now, okay, I'm good. Let's move on to do the next thing. It's, don't feel bad. We have lots of different careers in our lives. That's just the way it goes. 
Yeah. You know, and that's like with the screenwriting thing. I'm so happy that I'm not really doing that anymore because, see, I'm an extroverted person. And screenwriting uh-huh. is more of an introverted personality type. Nothing wrong with that. But I was like, you know what? Instead of me writing movies and settling to Hollywood, I'm making my own thing. Like, I'm going to keep pushing forward. I'm going, I'm going to be on YouTube. I'm going to make my podcast. I'm going to, like, make, you know, my own life a reality, like the way I want to design yeah. it. And I completely yeah. agree with what you're saying, Felicia. I'm the kind of gentleman I'd rather feel going forward in life versus retreating and going backwards. So, yeah, like when people was telling me, oh, yeah, you know, you're not going to make it out there in Hollywood. You're not going to make it on the West Coast. You got to stay here in the South. So, but I was like, you know what? I can do this. I'm sure they gave you all the statistics about how many people go out there and fail and all the different, you know, it's just like, there's no way that whatever. It's like, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's making up all these weird. It was making up all these weird stories. Oh, we know this guy. His name is Bobby. He got on dope and he did this. And he, you know, I'm like, oh my God, you don't even know nobody out there. You know, you're just trying to keep me safe. And I love and I respect that, but I got to do something different. I got to go. I got to go. Yep. <laughs> Man, as far as old Barbara and Felicia, I don't Barbara anymore, except for my own. Like, I cut my own hair and do my own jerry curl. But other than that, I would not. I don't really, you know, do anybody else it's anymore because I'm like, I, I'm past that. I'm, I'm in real estate now. So, yes. Yeah. Nice. And some, just what you said, sometimes it's time to leave that old thing behind. It's a skin shedding. And now it's like, okay, that one's done. Did that. It was great. I did a good job. Time to go to the next thing. And this is... It's so interesting how life turns out, right? You think you know exactly what's going to happen and then you find out, it's like, okay, yeah, that's not it. I thought that was it, but that's not it. And then you just got to keep going, figure it out. Now, a few more questions for you here. Now, are you working on anything that you don't mind discussing with us today? I am always working on something, just so you know. (laughs) It's like, it just seems like (laughs) stuff just comes up all the time. Um, one thing I'm looking at right now is an affordable housing complex here in Tulsa. It's not, it's actually low income housing, but if we, if we acquire it, we're going to go from two combination, low income, affordable housing. Um, just, there's a lot of reasons behind that. And we can talk about that later, but so that's one thing we're, I'm working on with a partner here in Tulsa. I'm building up my investor club, which the name of it's not quite there yet, but it's where we're going to. Um, be able to um, have members in the club that will we will introduce to our vetted projects, not necessarily our projects, but once I know what you're looking for and how you're looking to change the world and how you're looking to change your family, I can connect you with vetted sponsors and projects and help you understand how how that whole thing works. So people often get to the point of, okay, 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 stop talking to me. I get it. I know I need to invest in something outside of Wall Street. My 401k is not going to be the, get it. I understand. Now, what do I do? I don't have time to go around and meet all these different people and understand all these projects and understand these numbers. That's that's the connection we're to make for you. So once you've made that decision and you don't have time because you're doing your W-2 and you love what you're doing, don't get us wrong. If you love what you're doing, that is what you're here to do. Do it. And you want to have those multiple streams of income. Our our investment club money with Mission um, Investment Club, that's what it's called right now. It's going to have a different name. Well, is the place to go to have those connections. So whether it's a deal I'm working on with my partners or it's a deal that's somewhere else in the world that has nothing to do with me, I want you to get what you need in your investment life. Yeah. Last question, Felicia, for those who, you know, want to follow up with you more, like how can my listeners get in touch with you? 
100%. Moneywithmission.com is our website. Go on there and you can, um, there's a ton of resources in there. One of my, um, I've got a couple of that I'll talk about. Seven Steps to to Building Resilient Wealth and How to Create Wealth That Outlive You. When you click on that, you'll, you know, you have to give your email address for everything, but that'll get you onto our newsletter. So you'll keep, you'll be able to keep up with everything of what we got going on and what's, how to um, get even into some of our deals. If you want to skip all that and schedule a call with me, hit the book a call button and you'll fill out a little form for that one and schedule the call. We can have a conversation about what you're looking to do. And thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Until next time, I'll catch you later.